Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then give it time and it will thrive. And you will be rewarded. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's... Time for one thing, it's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite, I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of it must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, welcome to episode number 421 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Sunday, the 20th of November, uh, 1.32pm, left coast, Pacific coast, coast with the most, 13.27, bitches, uh, crack engineer, wapow, Ivor Molina over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign, that is a great idea, it is Sunday after all. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, Ivor, you blasphemer, you're fired! Blasphemer! Whiskey? Uh-huh. That would make it for our sequel friends, 2022, 11, 20, 13, 27 p.m. Pacific Coast, left coast. It always bothers me when I, when... I end up saying PM after giving 24 hour time. So it's 1327 PM. Oh, as opposed to 1327 AM. Anyway, we have a big show for you this week. So let's get straight to our top stories. First of all, happy Thanksgiving. This is going to be our Thanksgiving episode because that would be Thursday and we're supposed to come out on Friday and we're late this week as we are as ever. But happy Thanksgiving. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving to you and yours and everyone else. And, um, 
I'm still off my meds. Uh, so hopefully this will be a shorter show. But I didn't want to take a second to say that I'm thankful. A couple of things that I'm thankful for. Normally this is a big... Normally this is like the ninth time we've done this. Oh god, how many... Is he, no, yeah, it's, I think this is the ninth time we've done this. Normally every episode, normally every episode, normally every Thanksgiving episode, we do a what we're thankful for about the FOSS kind of episode that like takes a lot of planning and preparation and, you know, cause the quality goes in before the name goes on here at Best. In that right, Ivor! But, uh, I just want to say I'm thankful for like all of our listeners and everything. Um, as ever, like, you know, it's another year. Apps and friends. Uh, I'm not thankful for the absent friends. I'm just saying, you know, absent friends, other people that we've met along the way. This has been super fun to do um, and to get to meet so many cool people. Um, so, yeah, we're not going to do like a whole thanks for the FOSS thing this year, but I do also want to mention I want to thank specifically devs who if they don't do a direct port or anything like that, that's fine. But I want, I want to say I'm really thankful for devs who don't actively obstruct the ability for their games to run on Linux. Because that brings us to some less than thankful news, which is Marauders is still borked. And man, it's so depressing. Two weeks now of not being able to play Marauders. It got so bad, I actually tested it on my only Windows machine here, and it does run. But, you know, I play too many games and stuff just for this show. You know, say nothing of my normal video gaming. To become intertwined, more or less. But I I do work. I do work uh, for the show. Like, I play a lot of games all, every week for this show, and I budget time for it, and it was shocking to me how quickly I went into withdrawal over Marauders, because I was just getting good at the game. I just... I'm really good at the game, and I, I had everything squared away, and then they fucking borked it. And it, you know... As I mentioned last week, it's an easy... It looks like it's an easy fix. It does not require a massive engineering solution. I also wanted to say, um, fuck you, Elon Musk. And if you lo- if you're one of the devotees of Elon Musk, then fuck you too. Um, what do I mean by that? Uh, this is a guy who started off with $40 million from an emerald mine, has never done anything in his life that is original, you know, like I used to think that he was an engineer and shit he's not an engineer of anything and what he's done with Twitter is so moronic and now he's bringing Donald Trump back just in time for the holidays, it's beautiful I'm moving off of Twitter, I'm going to Mastodon um, that's big news it's gonna suck I'm gonna try to figure out a way to scrape all my shit off there before I go, but um, yeah, so there's that um, I also want to, one other thing that I'm thankful for are developers who take the time to, if they don't do it themselves, if they don't do it themselves personally, or if they don't do it themselves, um, from an engineering standpoint, from like, you know, setting up rules and, and structures and stuff, 
then at least the people who take the time to hire really, not you know, hire or, you know, either the volunteers or whatever, really good people to manage, not their PR, I'm not talking about, you know, me asking someone for an interview, I'm talking about community moderation and stuff, especially on the Steam discussion boards, because I have 18 messages right now about Marauders that I am not going to read until after this episode's done, because I know that they're going to make me very angry. They're all in response to my urgent pleas. Let's check Marauders. This is what I've done every day. ProtonDB. The last report was four days ago. Marauders. Ivor, you're fired. Still got a silver ranking. Do not believe it. Five days ago. Yeah, it was the last report. So... It's still borked, and then I've been checking Glorious Egg Roll to see if because sometimes he he uh yeah, no, it's still 7-4. 13 days ago, two weeks ago. Mm. Oh well. But I really the let, let, let me explain what, what what I mean in an opposite of what I'm thankful for kind of thing. A Windows user when something breaks sits there and waits for a fix for forever until they die. And they're like, oh, it's just Windows. A Linux user, when something breaks, is like, okay, let's figure out how the fuck this broke. Why did it break? How do we fix it? How do we permanently fix it? How do we patch this? Who do I get in touch with to tell them how to fix this? Etc. Etc. Whether or not it's a software or like a network or a systems operation kind of thing, a network engineering kind of thing, that's how we roll. Meanwhile, because of this, there's a big disconnect. I think there's a fundamental disconnect between Windows users at this point and Linux users, and I think that Trump has exacerbated this quite a bit. Um, I'm just talking about my own experiences on discussion boards uh, for. Steam for you know the Steam discussion boards. People are so it's it's I'll tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the early days of Usenet and Linux when there were just wizards who would be mean to you, but eventually someone else would help you on Usenet. And I wasn't even running Linux back then. Uh but I've been running Usenet at that point for like five years and that's one of the things that got me into Linux but so yeah so there are like these wizards who would just be mean to you um you know and it was it was the proto it was the the protozoic age of the internet and decorum and stuff like that but we've lost but now what it's like is people are just fucking mean to you out of like bizarre tribalism and they have nothing good to offer you so here's how a Linux user posts something to you know uh, Steam discussion boards or wherever you know and I'm speaking in broad terms here I prom X I'm trying to solve it with solution Y I've also tried Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. None of those worked. Solution Y is a fragile fix 
and it doesn't always work. How can I understand this better? Can anyone help me fix problem X? And here's how people reply in Linux community in general. These days, at least. Um, like, at least, okay, on Stack Overflow, that's a good example. Um, Stack Overflow, but that's more for coding. Because it's unfair to hold these people to that standard of technical, you know, blob. But here's how Linux people reply to that. Okay, yeah, no, I'm having the same problem too. I've looked into it. I can't figure out where the logs are. Where do I get the logs? Then there's like a tete-a-tete. And okay, so uh, uh, the original poster has now upgraded significantly the understanding of one other person who can now help one other person on top of that just by figuring out where the logs are or whatever, you know, little, you know, aspects of the problem to get the actual metrics for the problem. Then they do that and so they come back, they repost, the, the second poster, you know, replies with like the metrics that he needs. So yeah, I know this is exactly what I'm seeing too. And then another person jumps in because there's activity on the thread who knows a lot more about that particular thing than either these two, either the original poster or the secondary poster. And then you start to build clarity because then it starts to, you know, just escalate up the chain of knowledge. Hey, yeah, no, we got this problem with it. And, you know, it. So the guy who knows more than the first two posters asks a guy that he knows who knows more than even the guy who knows more than the first two posters. And up the chain it goes until it gets fixed. And yeah, it might take forever. But here's how a Windows poster replies to anyone asking about Linux. Fuck you, use Windows! Which is like, amazing. It's amazingly discourteous. And is so idiotic. And I think that Trump is really really brought that out. The death of reason, the death of of any sort, you know. (laughs) I mean, not all of the internet is that way. The internet is not a monolith, but man. Leaving Twitter. On a jet plane. Okay, so we have um, some new and noteworthies here, but we won't even do the... Do we have a new and noteworthy bumper? I can't remember. Anyway, bottom line is I like devs who actually respond like adults to feedback as well but more so I like devs who actually have someone who is competent and capable to moderate these it's just ridiculous and so in some ways for some companies I think that we've seen just like the Trump administration that the bug is not the bug it's the feature the cruelty is the point um, and that should not extend itself into technical discourse the way it has now. But guess what? Those idiots will fucking fuck themselves over. Like Elon Musk, Elon Musk, Elon Musk every month. Never mind. I won't go. I, I just don't want to talk about Elon Musk, but this, this is a happy thought for those of you who are equally disappointed with him. Not just disappointed, but just like fucking insulted. What a fucking asshole and an idiot and who claims to know everything he knows nothing oh man and is a megalomaniacal narcissistic fucking psychopath I'm gonna blow up my own self just cause you pissed me off great right now here's a happy thought about Elon Musk to be thankful for Elon Musk at the start of every month faces a, de- faces a negative account balance of 120 million dollars for his purchase 
of Twitter because he had to borrow the money and so the, to service the debt on Twitter he needs to make a billion dollars a year to cover the to service the debt to service the debt to keep it from going up so he needs to net over a hundred million dollars the previous month in revenue a company that does not make 30 million dollars like a month at all in terms of net he needs to make it generate a hundred million dollars to not go into a catastrophic debt spiral just trying to service the debt that he owes it would bankrupt bankrupt him in 20 years or so but these things compound so month over month he it's amazing he's a fucking moron and he's destroyed something that could have been used for good and that was used for good and changed the world in a lot of good ways but which I'm leaving so uh, new and noteworthy uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales came out I only ran it for exactly one second uh, yeah you know uh, it works it seemed like it worked um, but then I, I got a phone call and I had to I had to bail on it seemed to run well it's a sequel to Marvel remastered Spider-Man it's an older game but it just came out for for uh, Steam it does seem to work so that's cool and it's worth buying especially if you like the original Spider-Man but you know whatever that's it that's our only new and noteworthy we have a deal for you this week it's called Call to Arms and I just sworn I had played this ga- played this game before but I I didn't for the next 48 uh, forty four hours Call to Arms is 75% off you can get the Ultimate Edition for $7.49 or you can get the Basic Edition for $3.74 I would go for the Ultimate Edition um, this game is a really interesting and very cool looking I played it for like what 20 minutes 15 minutes it was in my library from before from long before this sale it's kind of like it's a real time squad based uh strategy game so it's kind of like tactical but it's just it's that perfect blend in between the tactical and the strategic aspects of managing a battle space with um so it's it basically works like a hybrid of a first person shooter real time strategy game in the command uh, command and conquer kind of vein but without the resource gathering so company of heroes i guess be a closer analogy with close combat or combat operation i mean sorry combat operation because it's it's very much focused on small groups of of soldiers and your your ability to manipulate them and then actually jump into them to intervene in in certain situations and the game is just fucking fun and it's super simple but it's super detailed and I love watching all the little soldier animations and all the I love all the little details like where they'll find dynamic cover and they'll show you in ghost silhouettes exactly the positions of everyone in that group where they would stack up for dynamic cover all in real time it's very cool and the AI is absolutely horrific from what I've played 
It is unbelievably bad. The AI. Like, but that's cool because it makes it kind of like an action movie. Um, where like the good guys win. Like, I lost two guys on my last mission and I killed 185 bad guys. And I lost one vehicle and I killed like 20 of their vehicles. It was super fun. It's super exciting and it's great when you're stoned. And that, once again, that game is called Call to Arms, and you can get like everything that they've ever put out for it for like eight dollars, seventy five percent off for the next forty four hours. So I'm going to try to get this out as soon as possible today, so you can know about that. Now, Ivor, based on with the feature, our feature this week is exciting. Perfect. Oh my God. It's Bolivian. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Man, I wish we could get music rights for, for this sort of shit. But anyway, our feature this week is about a game called We Who Are About to Die. And any fans of Gladiator will instantly remember that awesome line as the Gladiators enter the arena and salute Commodus and say, we who are about to die salute you. Before we get to that, here's the deal. We who are about to die scratches a very particular itch for me. It's a roguelite, very unique game uh, focused on gladiatorial combat in a fairly authentic if, you know, mildly really Scottish Scott-esque, you know, gladiator it's got a patina of that but it's pretty authentic a long time ago, actually, this was 03 so this was 17 years ago Seventeen years ago, I wrote the following article about a game called Coliseum. That was for I think the PlayStation Two. Coliseum Road to Freedom. Here, here's the original copy for that game that I wrote for the paper back in the day. And I, I, it's so crazy. It takes me so back to the moment. You know, there's some games that like you played while listening to certain music that wasn't like in the game. And then certain other things happen in your life at that exact same time. And just seeing the game or hearing the music takes you right back to them. For me, ironically enough, this is Dr. Dog Easy Beat. But anyway. Crowd teaser. Exciting moments can't make up for mediocre performance in Kawhi's Coliseum. I emerge from the subterranean tunnel that runs under the Coliseum and am blinded by the sun. The light intensified by the sand. The roar of the crowd is deafening. I pump my fist in the air slowly and salute to my fans. My gladius gleaming like a solid beam of silver thrown into the sky. In my left hand, I hold a Thracian longsword, which looks kind of like a cross between a saber and a katana, long with a sloping curve. With this with these implements, I will murder 15 other men in the next several minutes and will do so exclusively for the amusement of the crowd. I have no choice in this matter. I am a slave without any freedom apart from my sheer force of will to control my own destiny in the arena. Uh, 
The match begins, and my first two opponents rush me. One is wearing a Corinthian helmet and is brandishing a Celtic spear, which looks like a three-pronged pitchfork. My other opponent is armed with a simple club. I decide to start with a pitchfork, shouting, Bring it, you time bandit looking motherfucker! My dual blades clash against the prongs of his pitchfork, and he pushes me back. I turn sideways and stab with my longsword, driving it deep into the stomach of the guy with the club, deftly pulling it out of him before he slumps face down in the sand. The pitchfork is suddenly thrust in my face and I dodge to the side leaving him exposed. I see my shot and I take it. Swing both my blades horizontally and in tandem, slicing through the man's spinal column. He joins his friend in the dust and my next two opponents immediately emerge, trotting out of the same tunnel from which I originally came. As I take each one out, the crowd roars with the fury of a hundred lions, roars like the sound of a city burning, roars with such a monstrous and sickening appetite for spectacle that is dizzying but there is no time for dizziness my opponents are getting stronger now and some of them have shields the kills won't come as quickly because of this I am getting tired and they will be able to gang up on me more easily I begin dodging attacks coming from all directions swords slicing at me from the front and the back a mace swings at my head and I duck then at my ankles and I jump I am nimble and this pleases the crowd I unleash a furious flurry of attacks my swords clanging against helmets and shields hoping to at least end one of them with a telling blow. My arms aching, I manage to raise my gladius one more time, bringing it down heavily through my opponent's head, killing him. And I stand there panting, my strength completely exhausted, leaning on my swords, staring into the sand. The game is Coliseum Road to Freedom, PS2, and while it has many moments as exciting as those above, the experience is not as refined as it could be, leaving it as an uneven entry in both the fighting and RPG genres. Rent it, though, and kill everything. That was my column, Kill Everything. So that was Coliseum Road to Freedom 27 whoa, 17 years ago I have waited so long for someone to make a game like Coliseum and Jordi Lacurus or whatever whatever his name is uh, has finally done so it's an early access, it's called We Who Are About to Die and We Who Are About to Die salute you, I mentioned that already and you st- so it's a roguelike and you start as any number of different having any number of different backgrounds ranging from a thrill seeking uh, civilian to criminal scum to free man to just a fucking gladiatorial slave to um, former soldier etc 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 all with their own unique perks and benefits and, and drawbacks and then you manage their career and if you die you die alone you die and that's it you start a new fucking career with a new randomly selected uh character there are some ways that you can upgrade you know some things you can do during your run that can allow you to pass on certain abilities or weapons or whatever to the next generation that follows you but basically it doesn't matter it's like all higher level shit and the game is still in a very rough form I have played 20 hours of this game this week that is a lot, that is enough for me to do a review, if it were out of early access I would do a review of it but I'm trying to get Jordy, the developer to come on the show and do a, uh, one of those little dev talks that we did like our first couple of uh, first couple of seasons first couple of years I love this game 
It has a unique combat system where you it's not perfectly fleshed out yet but it's a physics based combat system so it's free form third person sword based combat in a gladiatorial setting where your wins and losses are carried over into the next battles and the period in between you buy your weapons you buy your own equipment you maintain your equipment you train every week you have a bout and there are three different three or four different uh, bouts you can select from. Some of them you know the information about what they are. Some of them you don't. You can use your fame to buy that information, which is very useful. You can make bets on your own upcoming matches. You can manage your health and budget and your equipment and your training and then you go into the arena and the it's an incredibly complicated and it needs to be simplified in my opinion. There needs to be some tweaks. You go into the match. Okay, let's say it's one versus one. Everything that you do here, if you die here, that's the end of your entire run. It's off to the next guy. And that's why you're an aspirant. You aspire to etch your tiny little aim into the walls of history. Uh, gladiatorial history. Um, it is gorgeous, by the way. The game is beautiful. But here's what I like about it. This combat system is very difficult to understand. And even when you do understand it, it is so nuanced. There's so many things. It's very much a skill-based game. It's also very difficult to get the hang of and part of that is due to what I would say is a design flaw but I understand why Jordy has done it this way Um, stamina is very difficult to manage early on in the game and so it's kind of difficult to get the feel of the combat when you can't really swing your sword by the way, there are tons of different weapons, tons of different equipment. There's over 207 or 270 different types of weapons and equipment. All broken down into individual classes as one-handed, two-handed swords, one-handed axes, two-handed axes, pole arms and spears, which behave differently than the other two. Shields, then there's stamina, movement, and you get better at all of these things by doing them the whole idea of this game is almost a perfect melding of everything that was absent from Coliseum Road to Freedom which this game expands on that game by like a factor of a thousand and and improves on almost all of it and it's still in early access and this developer is really cool which is why I'm not going to try not to say too much but um, once you get a feel for the stamina system Here's how it works. Here's how, like, doing a basic attack works. If you want to, like, attack someone's legs, you want to... Let's say you have a sword. All the different weapons have different behaviors. But swords have eight different ways of attacking. So you you put your cursor over the guy that you want to hit. You press the left mouse button and then you drag to turn your torso because everything is physics-based you drag the cursor to your right to turn your torso because you're going to make a right swing 
You're going to hold it down and to the right because we want to go for the legs. And you're going to torque it. You're going to turn your body to generate the torsion. It's almost like you're pulling your arm, as Jordy likes to say. And then when you release the left mouse button, you will attack. If you move the mouse button, if you move the cursor after you release the left mouse button and follow through on the attack, you get a, a momentum bonus. But the real thing is torquing yourself up to make a single cutting blow at the perfect range. The game looks very simple and stupid, and you will spend a lot of time dying, and you'll pick up a lot of bad habits, and you'll have to watch a lot of videos to correct them. Especially Jordy put out a new video. I was 15 hours into the game, so I had learned everything completely wrong. And his latest video, his latest 20-minute tutorial, is much better than the old one. Um, But the game is so polished already, and visually it's unbelievable. And when you really hit hard in this game, you can kill someone in one blow, but you have to look at their armor and figure out where their weak spots are. You also have to consider the distance matchup, because spears, if they have a spear and you have a a hammer, a short little one-handed hammer, you're going to have to get in real close to get within range, and that spear is going to keep pushing you back. If they have a spear and a shield, and you have no shield, you got to really figure out how the fuck you're going to handle the fight. You can also make appeals to the crowd for weapons. Um, Managing your money is very, very important. Managing your health is very important. And strategically taking matches that will benefit your character during that run. Very important. Upgrading your equipment is something you won't be able to do for a long time. You'll have to go through maybe 20 aspirants. You'll have to go through maybe 20 lives before you really, really end up being able to start focusing on buying your equipment. You train, you pick which which and how hard you want to train, which aspects of your game skills that you want to train in between matches. Um, and then you get those points immediately added to you as soon as you go into the next match. Uh, right before that, you complete your training for the week, and then you go into the match, and it shows you. There's, st- there's a status readout. The game is fucking awesome and he's adding lots of stuff and making lots of refinements he has a cool discord community Um, I'm trying to get him on the show one of the big problems that I have with this game is there's this weird propensity for the cursor to go just fucking nuts so because it's physics based you can end up swinging a sword from behind you in like this weird ragdoll kind of thing or like you'll swing your sword but because you start on the opposite side you had no torque and so you'll hit for two speed and that happens a lot the game rewards patience and focus and patient practice right now the game doesn't do a great job of providing you with opportunities for patient focus practice I have some modest proposals that I'm going to make to Jordy um about it uh, later tonight, I guess. Um, but two other things about this game. I knew I was going to like this game. Oh, yeah, three other things. One, it does crash. It's pretty crashy on Linux. I don't know if it's as crashy for other, you know, systems, because I obviously don't, you know, run other systems. Um, you know, for this show, I don't ever talk about a game I played on fucking Windows on this show. Um, yeah, I don't play many games on Windows. Uh, but, 
uh, it, it's it's fairly like I mean like one out of every twenty times you start a match, the game will crash. It seemed to be crashier when I first started playing the game. It seemed to be like it took me like five times restarting the game before I could get into a actual battle. But it's much more stable now for some reason. I don't know if they pushed an update or what. It's currently version zero point one. It's still in early access. So mind the crashiness. I didn't have to do anything ultimately, unlike what ProtonDB said. I didn't have to roll back to like a. I'm running it. I'm not even forcing it to use a Steam compatibility tool, but I did try rolling back to four dot two hyphen nine for uh, either Glorious Egg Roll or a Proton or whatever. And I think that may have that whole dance of doing that might have set it up so that it actually does run without forcing. That's, I'm running it without forcing a. Um, a compatibility tool and the performance is decent um, the other two things about this game that I just want to say before we get out of here are one I knew I was going to like this game when during a load screen there's like all these like random there's random information that displays in the bottom of each load screen before a, a battle or whatever and some of them are quite long but one of them one of the first ones I saw said, "If you, if you, if you've pirated this game and have pirated it due to lack of funding, thank you so much. And if you like the game, then please consider buying it when money isn't an issue." Which is exactly the fucking. I mean, this guy and I are simpatico. Like that's that's how we all came to piracy back in the day, day. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I was twelve and on using that fucking using. It, binary decoder I'm fucking what was that name what was the name of that fucking uh usenet reader uh forte agent agent yeah it's called agent I think that was the best news reader it was $45 for that news reader but anyway the, so I thought that was really cool and the game is filled with tons of descriptive stuff and hints and tips and interesting trivia about the game as well but like it actually the information matters a lot of the information isn't just like cute self-referential bullshit um, but it, he does explain through some of those loading screens the way that he came to develop the game which was you wanted to fix the combat in Mountain, Mountain Blade 2 which I really loved I love that game quite a bit er, Mountain Blade Warband I think I can't remember I have all your fired you should have fact checked that um and so those two things, like all of the information that's in the game about like what is happening really helps synthesize what is a really complicated game and it's something that looks incredibly simple, but is super, super hard to master. Um, yeah, and hopefully we'll get that motherfucker on the show. I'm forgetting a bunch of shit. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about in terms of we are about to die. Maybe we'll rejoin next week. Until then, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, if you're in America or everywhere, just everywhere. You know, fuck it. Happy Thanksgiving, you know, like, but I'm not in America, I'm in Australia. Well, fuck you then. I mean, you know, what? What do you want? You know, if you said happy Australian Thanksgiving to me, I'd be like, oh, back at you, bro. <laughs> gotta gotta accept every gesture in the spirit in which it was intended. Uh, have a happy and safe Thanksgiving, uh, and may God have mercy on Elon Musk's soul. May wow, it's gonna be bad. Cheers, we who are about to die. Are you not entertained? What we do in life echoes in eternity. Oh!
A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to see. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. I am Proximo. I shall be closer to you for the next few days, which will be the last of your miserable lives than that bitch of a mother that brought you screaming into this world. I did not pay good money for you for your company. I paid it so that I could profit from your death. And as your mother was there at your beginning, so I shall be there at your end. And when you die, and die you shall, your transition shall be to the sound of... Gladiators. I salute Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.